You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Thursday. And if you are alive and well, well, congratulations. You've made it to Thursday. And so Roy White, Ari Temkin, we're with you here on the Blogging the Boys podcast network. This is called Broadcasting the Boys. You see that? Blogging the Boys, Broadcast the Boys. It's, it's a pun. Kind of, I don't know. I think it's alliterative. It's, we're illiterate with an A. Um, we're also apparently on YouTube, I think. Fingers crossed. And so it's even better because you're in Roy's bed if you're that, watching this on YouTube. This thing's working right here. Yeah, so you can, you can now watch us on the Look, blog, uh, on, the I don't know if YouTube we're the page. first podcast of the, of the Blogging the Boys Network to uh, do it from the comfort of our own bedrooms, but I'm trying to bring sexy to this podcasting network, okay? That's what this is about. Is that a twin? It's about taking that... you to the area where the magic happens. Is that because a twin? we all know that when it comes to the Cowboys, it ain't happening on the football field. Oh, is that a twin bed? Bam! Is that a twin bed? YouTube jokes. <laughs> we answer me on the size of the bed. Is it a twin? This is uh this is uh this is a twin, yeah. This is a, this is a twin. <laughs> it's a twin bed. Yeah. Hey, good news, Roy. By the way, follow Roy on Twitter, rw3. You can follow me on Twitter at resports, A-R-I sports. You can also find my YouTube page there as well. Good news, Roy. We get another new starting quarterback on Sunday. Is that good? Yay! Uh, Is it good news that come Sunday, the Cowboys will have started four quarterbacks in a season for the first time since 2001? How many did they start that season? Four. Is it good news that they okay, may so actually start more than four? Th- I was going to ask by you that. season's end. I was going to ask you that. Do, do yeah, you, I don't. I haven't gone that far to look already yet. So don't ask me. What, the last year they started five different quarterbacks. I don't know if that's happened in franchise history. That's why I thought four was the precipice to which I might find, honestly, a lengthier distance than two thousand one. Um, I was a little surprised to find that the Cowboys had started four quarterbacks in 2001. Yeah, it's um, what's likely that they start more than four this season. I think it's pretty likely, especially since as we roll into this week, neither you or I are sure who the starting quarterback is going to be, but we know it's a guy who was not on this roster a week ago. So I think it is. Very, I mean, I think it's it's 100% certain they're going to start. I bet you they're going to end up starting at one point or another both of these quarterbacks, former Texas Longhorn, former SMU Mustang, Garrett Gilbert, and former Dallas Cowboy, Cooper Rush. I don't know who's going to start on Sunday, 
I'm thinking it's going to be Cooper Rush, but I'm not sure. But I'm willing to bet you that at some point this season, the guy who doesn't start this game will get an opportunity to start. Because this is, and there might even be more than that. Perhaps there's a quarterback not currently on the roster that will eventually be signed and will eventually start games for this team, upping it to six, maybe. We'll see how high we can get this thing. But should we meet the contenders here? Should we meet the contenders here? Yeah, let's go ahead and introduce them. Uh, fighting in the red corner. <laughs> With the red hair. You know him. You love him. You've seen him. You see him. I mean, he man, he had some great preseason games. Holy cow. You go look back and, my God, did we see some magic yes. Super Rush. Oh, God. the be- They were the best of times in the preseason. <laughs> Uh, five games in his career he's played. He has not started a game, Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush was on the Dallas Cowboys roster for three seasons, played in five games, did not start a game. You want to hear his career statistics? Oh, I'd love to hear him. Get a pad and a paper. Get a pen and paper and write these down because there's a lot of numbers I'm going to go through, and they're going to be hard to materialize in your head. Uh, He's one of three passing in five games, one of three uh, for two yards. Writing that down. One of three for two yards, uh, which is a long of two, a uh, 0.7 yards per attempt. So two attempts, and they've got a full, you know, almost a yard and a half, two attempts. Uh, yeah. So that's now these rush. jerks didn't. Whoever you're reading off of, though, these jerks didn't count preseason stats, I suppose. <laughs> that's right. Bro, because bro, all the I'll time focus. when a player catches a touchdown pass in the preseason, You'll hear an announcer say, well, that was his first NFL touchdown. What an exciting feeling for the young man. Well, wait a second. That Do they count or do they not count? So did Cooper Rush's plays in the preseason count or not count? Not according to Pro Football Focus. We, I, I'm not even sure if there's any plays I could find preseason statistics. Are you ready to meet contender number two? In the blue corner. In the blue corner. And with- why is he in the blue corner? Because he's a Mustang? The best thing I could come up with, he's a Mustang. That's right. Primary <laughs> color. You nailed he also, it. He also oh, yeah, has... there's some red in there, too. But don't be, don't be, don't be D's about it. And he, of course, went to Texas as well to burn orange. And he's kind of got, he's a little reddish. He's not as ginger as Cooper Rush, but he's gingish. Garrett Gilbert. Um, Garrett Gilbert has a rich history in the state of Texas. This is a... Uh, this is a guy that I covered at the University of Texas at the beginning of the end of Texas football, the beginning of the end of the Mac Brown era. He was the Gatorade National Player of the Year. He was the next great quarterback to come to Texas, the number one recruit. It was like, this is the kid from Lake Travis High School in Austin. His dad is Gail Gilbert, who was the back quarterback for all those Jim Kelly Buffalo Bills teams. He had the, he, he was everything. And he was, he, if you recall, he came into the national championship game when Colt McCoy got hurt against Alabama and actually played pretty well, kept Texas in the game. And so the next season, it was like, man, they've got a guy to replace Colt. They go from Vince to Colt to Garrett Gilbert. It's going to be perfect. Yeah, it's real hard to recall that game because of what happened after that game. What happened after that He went on over three years to throw almost twice as many interceptions as he did touchdowns. Oh, you mean Garrett Gilbert's career after that game? Yeah. Yeah, and that's it? why it's ho- that's why it's easy to forget what he may have done in one singular game uh, before there was any actual pressure on him and before defenses started scheming against him. Yeah. So we're, 
read that statistic again. He was he had twice as many interceptions as touchdowns. To be exact, he threw 23 interceptions. He had 13 touchdowns. At the University of Texas. That's right. Before he was benched, obviously, for that type of performance his junior year. He did, however, finish at SMU in over two seasons combined for 36 touchdowns and 22 interceptions. So um, a better touchdown-to-interception ratio at his time at SMU. His uh, completion percentage was significantly better. He was about a 50% guy while he was at Texas. He was uh, close to 66.5% in his senior year at SMU. But none of that really gives anybody any type of feeling of confidence when you're asking him to go up against a Steelers team that is not only undefeated this season, but a Steelers defense that contains, oh, off the top of my head, uh, seven former first-round draft picks (laughs) and a slew of talent at all the places that you are desperately hurting right now. Should we hear Garrett Gilbert's statistics from the, his pro career? Does he have any? So, yes, but let's also just take a moment to reflect upon that he has a pro career, given the numbers that you just gave us. Like, that is insane. Good for he you, those brother. numbers at Texas and somehow managed, has somehow managed to turn in at this point a five-year NFL career. That's pretty remarkable. That's fantastic work. Great work if you can get it. It's great work if you can get it. I say five-year NFL career. It's more like three years, uh, three seasons over five years. He played in the um, he played in the Arena American, or is he in the XFL? He was in one of those startup uh, football AAF, AAF, or the American Arena of Football Association. And I was rooting for the AAF, brother. I wanted that to work desperately. Should have rooted with your pocketbook, and then maybe it would have helped him a little bit. I did. <laughs> I did them and the XFL. Look where it got me. So Garrett Gilbert has twice as many completions over the course of his career in the NFL as, as Cooper Rush. Little known fact: six games, two of six passing, forty <laughs> yards, a long of thirty-one, um, six point seven yards per attempt. Pretty significantly up from Cooper Rush's point seven yards per attempt. Uh, yeah. That's that's it. So and yet zero touchdowns. Before we started down this road of the statistical prowess of each of these gentlemen, you told me that you think the decision is sewn up, and you think you know exactly who is going to be starting as of the time of this recording, which we now have to be honest is Wednesday night, right? Uh, I I believe that both of these quarterbacks will be starting games for the Cowboys at yes. some point. This, care to care to pick one for this weekend? I mean, spin the wheel. Which quarterback of are they making a mistake like by going away from Danucci no. this quickly? No, not at all. Danucci, he's not. I don't know if he ever will become an NFL quarterback, but he is not an NFL quarterback. I mean, he. The thing is, what told you that the seven times they had to run out of the Wildcat, uh, <laughs> just. It complete and utter in, staring down receivers pretty consistently, complete utter inability to make much many plays. I mean, it was funny because people are like, "Why don't they run more?" It's like, 
I mean, because they literally had all 11 defense defensive players like in the box. They were basically like, can you th- throw it to that guy? He's wide open. Throw it to him. Can you? I dare you. <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, so what's funny is the Cowboys have gotten such horrible luck this year. They've been bad for reasons beyond luck. I want to I want to reiterate that. But they've also like so much of of NF being good in the NFL is not only who you play, but when you play teams, the Cowboys luck in playing teams, the worst possible times has been horrible. Like for instance, the Washington football team, their one strength, their defensive line. So how about the game that the Cowboys are not going to have Zach Martin? How about that be the game they have to play against the Washington football team? If they play that game any other week, it's probably a different outcome. The same could be said for last week's game against Philly. If Andy Dalton plays, they might win that game. In fact, I I think they do win that game if Andy Dalton plays. But he wasn't, and he didn't. And they had a quarterback that could not at all in any capacity to make any plays down the field. And so, yeah, you can't really – you cannot give him another start. Man, uh, yeah, it's really tough when you win – I mean – you feel like you win the turnover battle. You get four turnovers in a game and you only score nine points. That's, that's, that's desperation. And, and three of those points came off of a miracle field goal that no one thought was going to even be possible to hit 59. So credit Mike McCarthy for going for three there and not, you know, succumbing to all the analytics out there that say go for it on every play okay i think you got to kick the field goal there i think that's smart play you being sarcastic well i mean obviously it's a smart play no one would argue that it's not because it was the end of the half so yeah i was being a little sarcastic but maybe my comedy doesn't play as well on camera i'm (laughs) just kind of testing it out to see um this this could very well be the worst season in Cowboys history. And I'm not just saying that for hyperbole, but like, I mean, think about it. So they're going to, they're starting their fourth quarterback, right? Last time it, there was almost 20 years ago. They're probably going to start more than that. We can go back to the record books and look at any other season there where they started that many quarterbacks in a season. Who by knows by the way, did you, did you look up, uh, did you look up that season by chance? The 2001 season? Yeah, do you want to try to guess the four quarterbacks that started that year? Man. That was Quincy's rookie season. I was going to say, was it Quincy Carter or Drew Bledsoe is who I was thinking of? They got a former top draft pick on the team who actually started three games. Ryan Leaf. Number Quincy two. Carter, Ryan Leaf. The other two are kind of a little bit tougher. Was Chuch? Did Chuch start a game? Chad Hutchinson? Nope. Close. Starts with a C, but not Chuch. Wound up playing in the Arena Football League. Oh, um, Clint Sterner. Won a championship with him. Yep, Clint Sterner. Actually Great won a Clint game Sterner. that season. And the last one was a quarterback who... Man, a lot of Cowboys fans were really were pretty fond of him, um, but you know because he was co- behind Quincy at the time, he wore number two. Oh man, his name is at the tip of my tongue. 
Who is it? Anthony Wright. Anthony Wright. Holy cow. So what they a... started four quarterbacks. All those guys started at least two games. So everybody got a legitimate shot at kind of winning the quarterback job. How many games and, did they win uh, that year? Sorry? How many games did they win that year? They went 5-11 and 11 under Dave Campo. Do, do you agree? They were, the, they were 30th out of 31 teams in terms of points for. Do you agree that this could be the worst season in Cowboys history? The 60th season in Cowboys? Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. Now, do I think that this is the worst roster the Cowboys have ever assembled? No, it's not. No. But it's the worst combination of awful injuries at bad times, along with, quite frankly, a much worse offseason than a lot of us thought it was. Great draft, horrible offseason. And then in the grand scheme of things, and then really bad luck with time with, with when they play team. I mean, again, I mean, again, they just like their timing is awful with all of the teams that they play. It's like every time they play game against a team, it's like they're going up with a weakness against a strength because this guy's injured and going to miss this game. And um, yeah, but they I mean, got so many weaknesses that, yeah, every game they play, they're going to have a game. They're going to have like an the Martin where- injury. Martin misses that game. Like of all the games he had to miss against the Washington football team, Zach Martin one is not changing it because they're also not willing to put him at the most vital positions along the offensive line. Remember, they don't want to play fantasy football with the offensive linemen. Sure, they did not. We'll call a quarterback up that hasn't even been in our building in you know months. We may start him this weekend, but oh, we don't want to fart around with moving Zach Martin to a position that may be more vital for these types of quarterbacks who aren't mobile and who don't see the backside. Well, maybe it's more vital that they see the guy rushing straight at them as opposed to the guy that's running at their blind side. But again, I mean, I'm just a fantasy football guy. Like I, I love fantasy football. So I understand, I guess he's a coach. And I'm yeah. just a fantasy football guy. It's true. You're just you just play fantasy football. That's all you know about. You just it's not fantasy here. And Cowboys, Madden. Although I mean, I suck at Madden, but I do play it. <laughs> and if you were good at it, then you'd be a decent coach. The Cowboys in 1960, the first year of the organization, went 0 and 11, uh, 11 and one uh, under uh, Landry. I guess was their coach then. Man, that year I just that year flew by so fast. It's really hard for me to remember it. And then, of course, the first year Jerry bought the team, they went one and fifteen, with uh, Johnson as their coach, some guy named Johnson. So they went from Landry to kinda, Johnson. I kind of remember uh, Johnny Johnson, Jiminy, Tom Landry, Jimmy Johnson, Mike McCarthy. One of these things is not like the other. Okay, are we out on him that quick though? I mean, I know we're making jokes and we're saying funny names and stuff. Are we out on him that quick? Because I don't um, think whatever happens this season, he's not taking the heat for it. Mike Nolan will get fired. Totally. Yes. The Tom road Sula, to Team Tank. Jim Tom Sula will probably get fired too. Yeah, the road to Team Tank involves Mike Nolan getting run over by that tank. Uh, Agreed. Jim Tom Sula, yeah, he's getting fired too. No amount of funny sayings can save him there. But outside of that, I think Martin McCarthy will be able to reload in the offseason and hopefully – I mean, hopefully they will dig into their bag of tricks. And I do believe, like, it was probably too much for us to expect 
in one offseason where they weren't really even able to get their hands on the players. Literally, they're not able to touch the men. Okay, so they can't, like, show them positioning drills and they can't do stuff like that. Um, you know, hand hand fighting drills and just little stuff like that. I do believe that, like, so many, many things were lost in translation. And we no, took it too much for granted that that was going to be an easy transition. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I agree. Um... I, he, I mean, he's definitely not. I mean, if anybody thinks he's going to get fired after this season, no way. But or that I, he should. I, right. Or that he should. I want to say that, too. I think it's a real possibility, though, that, you know, it, he could be two and done. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. Yeah. Hard to make the argument against it if you do reload. But that kind of all depends on the draft, too, my friend. Doesn't it? Oh, yeah, of course. If, if they wind up being one of the worst teams in the NFL, have an opportunity to draft a quarterback who Mike McCarthy, if he has any influence at all in the draft, makes the case for and can convince the Joneses of, especially with this new age mentality of you need to save money at the quarterback position so that you can build around it. I could see it being a sellable position. You know, it's not something that we should immediately discount. So I don't think it's a given that Mike McCarthy is just a two and done guy. If he comes back with the same cast, then yes. And they fail to perform. Yes. Two and done. think it's over with. If they get another quarterback though, I think the clock could essentially reset. Yeah, no, you're right. You're 100% correct. Um, plenty of time to get into that discussion. Cause there's a lot of meat on that bone. Yeah. But let's just at least focus on a couple of things here for the game this week. Um, Zeke was limited in practice today. He's got a hamstring issue apparently. So I guess that's add that to the good news for injuries. Um, I'm being sarcastic news. in case people didn't pick that up. Sweet. Yeah. We're trying to lose, news. right? That's great news. <laughs> I mean, it is good news if you're trying to lose games. Um, also, as I try to find the injury report. Alden Smith also limited. And yes. he's one we should probably talk about specifically because I wanted your take on whether or not you thought they should have moved him Yes. at the trade deadline. They just passed. Yes. And they really saw them and the rest of the NFL, for the most part, make very little moves. 
I think if, if you could have gotten something for him, you should have. Uh, he's on a one-year deal. Uh, he has played really well this year, but he's certainly trending down. However, you could chalk up you know, some of the play that he had in this past game to maybe a knee injury that, that he's now dealing with. But yeah, I mean, he's he definitely started off the season on a high, and he's not played as well last few weeks. So it sort of seems like a you know buy low, sell high kind of guy. I just you know I I'm I'm curious what they could have gotten. And Brian brought us uh, on the pregame show reported that that they had received no formal offers for him. They, there might have been calls, but that up until Sunday, who knows what how this week transpired. But by Sunday, they had not received any formal offers. But I would have definitely moved him if I could have. And I might have even moved Michael Gallup for the right price. If, if I could have gotten a second-round pick for him, I would have moved Michael Gallup. Why not? I mean, you think about it. Well, you ultimately would have won the draft capital battle. You drafted him in the third round. You got several, several thousand-yard seasons out of him. You now have a player you feel like you can replace him with at, a, at what ultimately will be a cheaper rate. And you can get more draft capital than what you paid for. That's smart business, my friend. Right. That is smart business to consider trading Michael Gallup. And, you know, I think a lot of Cowboys fans would have argued with you on that, would have demanded a first-round pick for Michael Gallup. But, uh, yeah, I think if they had a second round on the table, I agree with you. They should have moved on from that yeah. uh, when it comes to Michael Gallup. In regards to Alden Smith, I think you're right that the timing of his play – and kind of the drop that it's taken in recent weeks, I think it hurt their value ultimately. Honestly, through the first four games of the season, not only did I think he was a comeback player of the year front runner, yeah, um, sure. I also kind of thought, you know what he looks like? He looks like DeMarcus Ware did before he got a three-year, $30 million deal from the Denver Broncos, right? And went on to win a Super Bowl. I thought he looks like arguably the best player on the defense. And so at that time, I would have expected teams to come with like a second round pick potentially. And I would have thought you would have needed that because if he does sign in the offseason, you signed him as a free agent. If he signs somewhere in the offseason for, say, $10 million a year, then that's likely going to result in a compensatory third round draft pick. And I know I'm guesstimating there. We won't know the official numbers until the end of the season, but at $10 million for a salary, typically that is in the past led to a third round compensatory pick. Now I'm not saying that he was at the absolute top of his game, but through those first four weeks, I thought very easily he could command that on the market. So the Cowboys shouldn't have given him up for anything less than a a second, essentially, because you want to improve on what the third round conditional, you know, the, uh, the right, but is going to be. that would be in 2022. Yes. So you 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 might pay a premium there to get the pick in 2021. But you're right yeah. for sure. I mean, I'm always playing. I'm always playing the uh, draft capital game, right? So like, be. I don't care if it's two years down the road. Yes, I get what you're saying. Yes, it's not till 2022. I don't care because right. if you could stack those up like that effectively, yeah, it will start rolling over. It has for the Patriots now. To where every year they have four extra picks on their docket, ready to go and ready to move with. Like that's when you start. I mean, it's really like building the Cowboys are going to have America. It's like compound interest. In your, I mean, the Cowboys are going to have how many compensatory picks in the twenty twenty one draft? Do they give up any with signing Gerald McCoy? Because they Robert Quinn and Byron Jones. 
No, they waited and they played the game right, right? They waited on Everson Griffin. Right. Uh, they waited on um, they waited on a couple other guys as well. I think I remember doing these calculations and they're at least going to get two. Right. But I need to revisit that. I don't have it right in front of me, so I'm sorry. And, no and I don't mean to go off on all that tangent about Alden Smith because really, again, that was all about what he had done in the first four weeks. Now, seeing what he had done the last two, if someone had came with a third or a fourth, I'd have taken my chances. I'd have sent him to another team. And then in the offseason, I would have risked because the Cowboys, it's been reported, wanted want to re-sign him or at least want to give him a deal for the future. If that was the plan, I would have risked him maybe falling off with another team and being able to sign him at a premium again and running the whole game back again, gaining draft capital as opposed to what they are doing now, which is not getting any draft capital and running the risk that he's not very good for the rest of the season and doesn't really help you in any considerable way. Now, if he falls off the rest of the half of the season and he leaves in free agency for $1 million, you get nothing. Right. Or $4 million, you get nothing. So they took the risk in their own hands by not moving him. I, I Once again, Ari, you, you said it, and I just kind of long-winded my way to absolutely unequivocally agreeing with what you said so simply. Yeah, no, and but I liked your rationale and your thought process through that because that that's good to articulate that. Um, okay, so the the I guess the good news for the Cowboys is that Cameron Hayward uh, of the Steelers was added to the injury report. Um, he was a full participant, but they did list him in the injury report with a quadriceps injury. That's so, the best news we got. That's, that's it. it. Full participant. I love Ben's not. Ben see, doesn't have a COVID. No. Can someone get Ben COVID? Well, he, okay, he I kid. I don't wish that on anybody. He but. did not participate in practice today, but it says not injury related. So maybe, okay. maybe. I mean, we'll take whatever we can get. Right now, um, look, it ain't happening this weekend. We all know that. Uh, Do you give them a greater than zero percent chance to win this game? No, <laughs> I actually don't. Not a one percent chance. No. No margin for error. Look, no, I actually think if you start the game and you go to who's the guy? I think Ben Baldwin does uh, on Twitter. Uh, he does like a percentage to win as the game yeah. goes on, and he just keeps a running chart. I think within one minute of the Cowboys and Steelers <laughs> kicking off, that's that number is going to be in the ninety-nine percentile towards the Steelers. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I can run through Garrett Gilbert and Cooper Rush's statistics again. If, if yeah, is that so? Combined, they've thrown for uh, what sixty yards? They've got three completions. Uh, not quite, like forty-three yards. And oh, yeah. I oversold it. Yeah, because it's only yeah, like that's that's me and my my stupid optimism. <laughs> You're only getting like three yards from Cooper Rush. He's <laughs> <laughs> get. One he's one of three for like three yards with a long of two. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to watch this game. At least the last one. I wanted to ask people on social media how many people were watching the game, were not watching the game, or were only watching the game because it was in prime time. Mm. Because look, I'll watch absolute trash football on a Thursday night. I don't care. And I'll do the same on a Sunday night. They know that about us. But the question is, 
Will people watch a Cowboys-Steelers game? Two of the most storied franchises this league has ever seen, where one of them is absolutely at their most infantile state. And the other may be at like its powerhouse state to the point that even if it wets the bed all over itself, it may still wipe the floor with the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, and it's even more depressing because obviously the Steelers moved ahead of the Cowboys with their sixth Super Bowl win in Jerry World years and years ago. So, you know, it's one of those, you mentioned the two-story franchises. Obviously, Cowboys were ahead of the Steelers for years, and Steelers have obviously caught up and moved ahead. So have the Patriots with six. Um, yeah, this is uh, this is the Steelers, one of the most storied franchises in the NFL at the height of their powers, and the Cowboys... <laughs> <laughs> bad, bad, bad place. In a bad place. Got a kick-ass stadium, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can't see it right now because of COVID, but it is kick-ass. And, and what's crazy to think Hard about is the last stick. time, last time the Cowboys played the Steelers was that statement game in Dak and Zeke's rookie year. They went into Pittsburgh and won that game. Oh, you had to bring that up, huh? I thought we were going to go the whole show without mentioning essentially what was kind of the coming out party for the two of them, right? Yep. That was when we started to take them seriously. That was when uh, Cowboys fans started to believe. Remember when we had hope? We had dreams. We have hope, just not in 2020. Yeah. Our hope in 2020 has been suppressed, but there's hope. 2021 is right around the corner. Oh, oh, there's hope. (laughs) I fear 2021. 2020 has been rough. It's been not great by any standard. No. Uh, The Cowboys have fully embraced the the theme of 2020. Full on embracing. I fear what 2021 can bring. Understand. Quarterback controversy. Potentially. Okay. But a good, the good kind high draft considerations. No, not the good kind. It's not the good kind. It's the good kind because you're talking about ousting a winning quarterback, you know, who's, who's proven it, who has done it on a chance. And I know I said a week ago when we were doing the show, like I'd take fields because yeah, that's like the lean that I'm on right now of. No, I mean, you're totally right, dude. You're, the analytics right. part, but I dread that, bro. I don't want them to be that high. I don't want them to be so high. I want them to be high enough to get something to insulate and elevate Dak and the rest of the pieces that I do believe can still stay here in Dallas. I do not want them to be so high in the draft that they are actually having to contemplate moving on from a guy who not only do I believe can get it done on the field, but I believe is – the exact mold of the type of character and person you need to be in that position to shoulder that weight. And it is a lot harder to do than a lot of people realize. Yeah. that's well said. Here's my fear. So obviously college football is a little weird this year. Um, The PAC 12 is just starting this weekend. Um, One of the right. Yeah. One of the three best players in this draft is Penny Sewell, who's an offensive lineman for Oregon, who's opted out of the season. He's not going to play. A lot of these guys have opted out. Evaluation for the 2021 draft is going to be so skewed and difficult 
because of so many circumstances and in-person visits and how do you evaluate guys that opt out and are getting ready for the draft versus guys that play? And then how do you evaluate how they played given the context for which they're playing? Yeah. How do you trust tape from two years ago? Right. So like the only two guys I want to bet on in this draft are Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Again, if you thought 2020 was good, <laughs> just wait till 2021 Cowboys fans buckle up. Because Buckle then, up. even if you get through all that, you still got several months before the franchise tag deadline in which the Cowboys and Prescott would be negotiating on a potential new deal. So even if you clear those hurdles, if you're a Dak fan or if you're not, you still have on the backside of that negotiations that, you know, up to this point have proven to not be fruitful at all. So I'm going to make a prediction here. If the Cowboys do end up getting in position to draft a Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence, and they should, if they if they get in that position, absolutely draft those guys, one of them. I'm so like 50. I'm like, I was like 55, 45 a week ago, and now I'm like 51, 49. On if they Honest if they God. can draft one of those two, they should. I mean, of, I'm of, 90. Yeah, I'm 90 of like 10. drafting one of those two over Dak. But let so really here's am. my prediction. The Cowboys draft one of those guys, and you know what? It might not even be if they, even if they don't, they'll probably still end up doing this. But if they do, they're gonna, they, they will one hundred percent franchise Dak, and then they will continue to negotiate throughout the process. I think this happens. I think this happens regardless. However, I think if they if they do end up drafting a Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence and they franchise tag him, I think there's a very high likelihood they end up trading him throughout that process uh, of of long term negotiation. Man, I don't know. I do wonder. I mean, I suppose a, a quarterback could be traded for anything these days. You never want to underestimate how much a quarterback could get on the open market or on a, in the trade market because every time one gets announced, it's especially recently it had been just for scrubs and we all couldn't – our eyes were bugging out at how much compensation was being allotted. So Two first-round yeah, picks. Yeah, Let's I'm not going to – I bet you. I won't balk at that idea. But I would just say that at that point, you know, once you get to the point of franchise tagging a player, that point in the calendar year, teams have either drafted their guy or probably signed the guy they believe is going to be the guy. So, like, the absolute best market you could hope for, if you were looking to trade your quarterback, is not going to take place by the time a franchise tag is slapped on him. Hmm. All right. Well, plenty of time to go over all this. Roy White, follow him on Twitter at rdub3. Follow me on Twitter at re sports, ri sports. Of course, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube page, subscribe to the podcast. That way you're always getting the latest insights and information from all the great folks here we have on the blogging, the boys network. But for now, Roy, leave the people with something. Did you give us a prediction for the game? I mean, Steelers, I kind of told you mine. Cowboys a little. Steelers, 39. Oof. Cowboys, 6. I'll say 27 to 6. Oh. No. Defense stand up? What's 20, up, D? 27, 13. They're getting a touchdown. 27, touch what's up? 27, 13. That's right. Diggs, what's up? The one star of the D, what's up? 